Shalom. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I am Shmuley Yanklowitz, President and Dean of Valley Beit Midrash. Here at VBM, we strive to bring you only the highest quality of Jewish learning. Bringing pluralistic and innovative Jewish programming to the Jewish community that craves substance and insight is our passion. But we cannot do it alone. To support our endeavors, please consider donating a tax-deductible contribution to our organization. By doing so, you will be supporting meaningful Jewish educational content, funding the next generation of leaders, as well as furthering Jewish wisdom to people all over the country and all over the world. Please visit www.valleybatemadrash.org. Thank you so much and enjoy the program. It's an honor and delight to be here with Rabbi Michael Shudrick, who is, who is the chief rabbi of Poland, originally from the New York area. He received ordination from both Yeshiva University and the Jewish Theological Seminary, and has previously served as the rabbi for the Jewish community in Japan prior to taking up his current position in Eastern Europe. Thank you for taking time, Rabbi Shudrick. That was a pleasure. Thank you. So to jump right in here, as someone born as an American citizen to American parents, um, what was your path towards um, becoming chief rabbi of Poland? Well, I like to say is that I was driving over the George Washington Bridge and I took a wrong turn. I thought I was going to Teaneck and I ended up in Warsaw. <laughs> but uh, actually the first time I visited Poland was in 1973, way back in 73. I just had finished high school. Um, I'd never been to Israel before. I was looking for a program to go on. A friend of mine said, oh, I'm going on this youth program, this Jewish tour, Jewish team tour, that's going through Eastern Europe, Soviet Union, and Israel. And I said, wow, I'm going to do that. And that really got me fascinated by all parts of the trip, including uh, the, so so the Soviet, Soviet satellite countries. And it was much easier to travel at that point in the 70s under communism to places like Poland, Hungary, Czechoslovakia, where you could really travel on your own, which you couldn't do in the Soviet Union. You had to go through an organized tour group. So I, I started traveling back to Eastern Europe uh, in the 70s. I was back here in 76, 77, 79. And by 79, met some of the first young Poles who had discovered they're Jewish, who decided they wanted to do something about it. And so unlike many other of my friends and, and people around me in New York who thought that there are only a few thousand old Jews left in Poland and it's all over. I had some sense that, well, maybe there were some, maybe there are more than just these few young Jews that I met. Maybe there are more of them. And as it turns out, there were many more of them. Amazing. So um, since then, can you tell us a little bit about the state of the Polish Jewish community today? Okay. Well, the most important thing to know about Polish Jewry today is the following. September 1st, 1939, World War II begins. At that point, there are three and a half million Jews in Poland, the heart, the soul of the Ashkenazi world. Only five years later, 90% of them murdered by Germans and accomplices. Statement is so horrific, most people don't think, well, how many Jews survived? 10% survived. 10% of three and a half million means there were 350,000 Jews in Poland after the Shoah. More Jews in Poland in 1946 than in the United Kingdom today. Where are they? The vast majority of the survivors leave Poland in the, in the 25 years after World War II. If you want to feel safe, if you wanted to feel safe saying the statement, I am a Jew, it made good sense to leave post-Holocaust, Soviet-occupied, communist Poland. And so most of the Jews left, but not all the Jews left. Those who stayed basically agreed with those who left. Stay Jewish, leave communist Poland, 
stay in communist Poland, stop being Jewish, often to the extent you didn't even tell your children or grandchildren. A couple of hundred thousand leave, tens of thousands stay, of which most of them stop being Jewish, often not even telling the children or grandchildren. The deep dark secret stays a secret from 39 to 89. 1989 communism falls and at that point, the not so young survivors are confronted with the question, do I feel safe enough today to tell my children, grandchildren, friends, colleagues, neighbors that I'm really Jewish? Since 1989, thousands and thousands, and perhaps some tens of thousands of Poles have discovered they really have Jewish roots. And that's the basic information one needs to know about Polish Jewry today. It's the story of the blessing of democracy. It's the story of it's never over, or as we say, Netzach Yisrael lo yishaker. Or as I like to, paraphr- like to paraphrase that, it may be hard to be Jewish, it seems it's even harder to stop being Jewish. Wow, love that. So when I'm sitting here in Scottsdale, Arizona, the Shoah is something that we talk about, we learn about, we honor the memories, but it's not integral to my daily life. I wonder to what extent does your <laughs> there feel like you are immersed daily in a response to the Shoah? Uh, the answer to that is yes and no. Um, because we're immersed in the shadow of the Shoah, but also in the shadow of communism. It's about giving people a chance to be Jewish today that never had the chance before. Now, of course, now it's already 30 years of democracy, but some people are still discovering. Some people didn't know before. Some, some people may have discovered 10 years ago, but only now want to do something about it. So it's really about changing the numbers. We cannot change the number of Jews killed during the Shoah. We can change the number of Jews lost to the Jewish people. And that's what we're doing. So what's the nature of the Jewish Renaissance that's occurring? Meaning based on the zeitgeist and Polish Jewry today, is it primarily a nationalism, meaning a Zionism? Is it primarily Torah and mitzvahs? Is it merely Jewish pride? Is it history? Like, obviously, yes, it's all of that. But, but at, when you look at the bulk of the folks being engaged, what is it that animates? Uh, what is it that animates them most right now? I would say that it it, uh, it goes in stages. Often the first stage. I just discovered my grandmother was Jewish. So often the first reaction is not, "Oh, I'm Jewish," but rather, "Wow, she was Jewish. What did that mean to her? What can I learn about Judaism so I can understand better where my grandmother came from?" And so often it's about connecting with a grandparent or sometimes with a parent, sometimes alive, sometimes no longer alive, and to understand where they came from and what that, their religious cultural background was like. And then for those who then become into, you know, part of the Jewish community, at some point it shifts. It's not only this was my grandmother's tradition, but this is also mine. It takes time. It's a very clear change, but sometimes also very subtle. Yeah, yeah, love it. So on that front, one of the ways I see the actual actualization of that is bring, bringing Jewish values, bringing Torah into the public sphere. To what extent now, aside from Holocaust memory, um, are, are Jews in Poland helping to shape sort of the ethos of, of, uh, of Polish society? Like in America, I mean, obviously in Israel, 
But in America, Jews are quite active as conservatives and as liberals at trying to shape American society, whether it's Hollywood or Wall Street or politics. To what extent are, are Jews in Poland kind of, uh, uh, you know, reaching that stage? Right? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, because this is a community that's reemerging, it's, it, it, in 1989, we had thousands of Jews, even tens of thousands of Jews, but it wasn't a community. Yeah. And how do you have, in, you had thousands and thousands of journeys coming to Jewish identity, coming to Jewish values, and then slowly trying to create then a community. Uh, so the difficulty in answering, the, or the challenge in answering the question is that many of these people were already influencing Polish society before they were strengthening the Jewish identity. So they were, these were people, some of them were already movers and shakers beforehand. And, and some of them discovered and they became even more involved in Polish society. But most of our people are very much involved in Polish society. I almost wish there was a term, you know, with the whole question that you say, American Jews, Jewish Americans, I'd love to be able to come up with a term that would be Pol Jew meaning not an adjective and a noun, but two nouns. Because mm. that's what the people here are, many of them. They came out from a cultural experience and now they fully embrace their Judaism. And so like in America, they're both. But I'm not quite sure which should be the noun, which should be the adjective. I yeah. hope that's clear. Yeah, totally clear, totally clear. So m many of us so, have, I'm sorry, keep going, sorry. No, no, it's okay, go, go. Many of us have the perception that Europe is just in flames with anti-Semitism today. Um, it's completely perverse, you know, uh, uh, pervasive um, and um, uh, unbearable. And I wonder, I mean, the main two things many point at, you know, aside from other violent acts, are the attacks on bris Mila and Shita. And um, of course, I've met many ethical people who actually have fair critiques of bris Mila and Shita, and I actually take those critiques seriously. But here we're dealing with a case with real anti-Semites, and at the least those who are insensitive to Jewish concerns, and and obviously worse. And I wonder, like, in what ways are are you seeing Brismila and Shita, uh, kosher slaughter under attack in Poland, and how pervasive is that, and um, and what's the Jewish response to that over there? Okay. Um, well, first, just if, uh, that it certainly there is a concern with anti-Semitism in general. Uh, it's not nearly. The image of what people have of Poland is inaccurate yeah. uh, because everyone thinks like you walk on the street, you're getting beaten up. That's not true. Very much due to the teachings of John Paul II, the Polish Pope, the first Pope in 2000 years who clearly stated uh, that anti-Semitism is a sin of the Catholic Church. And so that really changed things here. But today in the last few years, like all over Europe and unfortunately the United States, and uh, before answering your question, I just have to say that it is today, and this is horrible to say, it is more dangerous to walk as a Jew in New York than it is in Warsaw. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that we've seen that in the last couple of months. It's, right. and, I, and I'm so sad to say that. And that doesn't make, mean that there's no anti-Semitism here, but something about glass houses throwing stones. Um, so, Shrita, uh, Brismila has never been an issue here in Poland. In other countries, yes, not in Poland. Uh, there was a, a big move about five, six years ago to um, 
ban or limit shechita by um, animal rights people. Now, of course, the whole question is, were they animal rights people or the anti-Semites using animal rights? Right. Most of them that I was in contact with were misinformed and misguided animal rights people. And there were some anti-Semites there too. Uh, in the end, um, it's, it's a long story, so I'll make it, I'll try to, you know, yeah. bottom line. Yeah. It, went, it went to the Constitutional Tribunal, which is like the Supreme Court in Poland. Uh, and they voted overwhelmingly that shrita is legal and that religious rights are more important are more, impo are more important than animal rights. So therefore, even any question of, of shrita, it was not only for us, we also then saved shrita for them, uh, or halal for the Muslims. Uh, I work closely with the mufti here. And, uh, and it, actually the religious rights being a, a primary rights of the, of the human being also would then also dispel any effort to undermine the, the brit milah. Okay, fascinating. So, you know, it's interesting. I mean, so I, I'm very anti-factory farming myself as a vegan and an animal rights activist. Um, and yet I've been obviously... By the way, I'm a, I, I'm a vegetarian since before you were born. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I've been a vegetarian for 43 years. Oh, beautiful. Okay, so, so I, I, I'm very critical of the slaughter of animals and factory farming, but I've defended Shrita, obviously, not only because of my commitment to Claudia Strelin, but because... Because uh, if you want to, uh, you know, defend animals, you attack the factory farming industry where the, where the great, you know, the greatest evils are not the small, you know, not the small shita uh, industry. Um, and to be sure, I've been an advocate for it. I know it's complicated, very complicated, but post, you know, post uh, shita stunning as they're doing in Australia. Um, I know there's, I know pre, pre uh, shita stunning is, is more halakhically problematic. But anyways, that, that's a whole other subject. Um, so, uh, so, so in America, we talk about rising anti-Semitism from the far left and from the right. Um, those who are honest will acknowledge both, um, even though the violence is really coming from the right. Um, it, it is, I, I take seriously what's on the far left as well. And, and I wonder what, it, what the political dynamics are there. It seems as Poland is one of the countries drifting to the political right with this authoritarian president and right-wing parliament. And I wonder how has that political shift Affected, uh, uh, affected the community. Okay, um, certainly the the government, the party. Uh, first of all, that the prime minister has most of the power here, uh, and the person that really wields the power is the pres is the head of the political party, uh, Yaroslav Kaczynski, uh, and he is certainly a nationalist and right of center. He's very much in in sync with um, Orban in, in Hungary and with Donald Trump in the United States. Uh, how has it affected the community? Uh, as Jews, on, 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 differently, on Jewish issues, basically none. But as Jews and as Poles, as Polish citizens, uh, there's a great concern as to the direction of the country. The question of rule of law, the independence of the court system. So the real challenge here is not anti-Semitism, but rather the rule of law mm -hmm. and, and the counterbalance against authoritarianism. Yep. yep, very well said. Okay, so my last question for you today is, you're someone who clearly um, is known to work very long work days, is involved in just a whole wide array of activities. Just following you on social media, I'm so inspired by the 
by the amount you're doing, and that's only a tiny fraction of what you're actually doing. And I wonder, like, what is it that that inspires not you know your avoda, your your leadership in general, and in particular at this you know 2020 in Warsaw, you know what is it that that you know that is inspiring you? Well, I'd say the thing that that inspires me the most is that to bring one more person back to to the Jewish people. And whether that person decides to express their Yiddishkeit the way I do in terms of Shmirat Mitzvot, which is for me the ideal and I hope so, or it simply becomes an active member of the Jewish community and is proud of being Jewish and looks for ways to live his life according to Jewish values, that for me is the greatest, the greatest sense of, of satisfaction that gives me I think it gives me the energy, the power to do what I do. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Wishing you so much continued bracha and hatzlacha. Amen. Gam lachem. Thank you.